Hello, my friends. It's time again for the PMP exam radio show. Welcome, welcome. This is a podcast where we inspire you to get your certification done, to go to that next level. I hope you're really doing well today. Today, we're going to address a number of topics. In fact, I call this episode Answering All Questions About the PMP Exam. We're going to answer almost every single question that you could possibly have about this exam. So right off the bat, let's start by talking about what exactly this exam is. This exam is a three hour and 50 minute multiple choice question test where you have different options, drag and drop, select all that apply, choose one. Most of them uh, choose one out of four options, but you also have select all that apply, which makes it a little bit of a tricky exam. Now, in order to qualify to take this exam, you need to have either a high school diploma or a degree. If you've got a high school diploma, you need five years of experience managing projects. If you have a college education, the equivalent of a bachelor's degree, then you need three years. Now, there's another requirement beyond the five years or the three years. So if you go the route of high school diploma, let's say you need five years, you need 7,500 hours. 7,500 hours should have been spent leading or directing projects. If you go the route of three years, then you need 4,500 hours leading and directing projects. And the other requirements, you can check them out in a book called a PMP exam handbook. Just Google PMP exam handbook. It'll come up. Now, on top of that, you need 35 hours of formal project management education, 35 hours. Now you can get that 35 hours from a number of places, from colleges, from private firms who train, like my firm, Crazy On. But it's not enough just to take the course, you know. You gotta study. And to be quite honest, people say it takes upwards of 100 hours to study for this exam. I know there's some whiz kids out there who say, no, I didn't have to study that long. I only studied for 20 hours, 30 hours, 50 hours. I don't know. You've got people who say you don't need to study that long. But in my, in my opinion, my experience, I find people needing to study upwards of 100 hours. Yep, 100 hours. quite honest it's quite an adventure speaking of which the track plane i call this city adventure and getting certified it does prove to be quite an adventure all right so in today's q a we're going to tackle the topics general certification exam guidance we're going to talk about the ccr requirements from pmi talk a little bit about PDUs, talk about what happens when you're naughty. 
what happens when you don't maintain your certification we're also going to talk about the audit so let's start off by talking about general certification one of the questions that people ask is do i have to be a cap m a capm a pmp or a pmi member to apply for other pmi certifications and the answer is no no one certification is a prerequisite for another you don't have to be a pmi member to apply for the pmp exam now there are perks if you are a pmi member you get this book well at least they're on the sixth edition right now you get this one in pdf format for free and you get the agile practice guide which is another publication from the pmi which is very helpful for your exam you get these two pdfs for free you know you get them bundled as one pdf and it's good value now on top of that a lot of folks don't know you also get access to projectmanagement.com which is pmi sister site and there you can take all sorts of great uh, webinars sit for sit in on these webinars and that's another way you can get your pdu so while you don't have to be a pmi member to take any certification being a member gives you perks Someone says, how do I obtain a PMI certification? Well, first of all, you need to be eligible. The eligibility requirements, like I explained earlier, either high school diploma or a degree, bachelor's degree. And on top of that, five years or three years, depending on the case, right? Five years for uh, those who have a high school diploma, three years for those who have a degree and 35 hours of formal education. You know, and for each category, 7,500 hours. For those with the five years, should have been spent leading and directing projects. For the other, it's 4,500 hours. Those are the eligibility requirements. If you need further explanations about these, just uh, send us a message. Just look for a place below, send it, or send it into support at praiseon.com or just go onto our channel, Praiseon, on YouTube. Someone says, How do I apply for the exam? How do I fill in the application? Just go on down to PMI's website. And for those of you who are watching via YouTube and are wondering how to do it, because honestly, we've all been there. We've all been there. I was there. I was there. So to apply for the exam, just follow my steps right now, okay? You want to go on down to the PMI website, pmi.org. When you get to PMI's website, you want to click on certifications, Certification types, project management professional, and boom, hit continue and sign up, become a registered user, and just follow through all the steps. It's pretty straightforward. And before you know it, you would have registered and been on your journey to becoming a PMP. For those who sign up for our training, we actually walk them through if they need help, but it's pretty straightforward. Okay. Someone says, what kind of documents do I need to provide? Well, the honest truth is if you're applying for the exam, you do not need to send in any documentation at this early stage. Yep. If your application, however, is selected for an audit, yes, then you will need to provide some proof. But right now, you don't. All right, let's talk about the exam itself. So someone says, once I pass all of these evaluations, 
what happens in other words once i pass the pmp exam so what well once you pass the pmp exam you get to label yourself as a pmp it's pretty cool to be honest to be called a project management professional a pmp right so a pmp designation it gets you further ahead in your career if you didn't know and once you become a pmp you receive a digital badge which you can display on linkedin and you can apply for jobs someone says which jobs well for those naysayers out there who think the pmp is dead and think that there's no point in becoming a pmp i'd like to debate what you're saying i'd like to show you on dice.com and monster.com how much this stuff is in demand let's take a look real quick so if we type in pmp right and let's say you're out in new york hit search take a look at all the jobs that will come up all the jobs that you can apply for take a look at that pmp certified project manager healthcare certified pmp project manager network infrastructure senior project manager healthcare so many jobs you see all that these are real jobs my friends higher education pm pmp pmp certified healthcare i mean it's all over all over all over all over and and this is state by state let's let's take a look at another of my favorite cities there we go take a look at that jobs everywhere oh it's even showing me jobs outside of new york now jobs outside of san diego everywhere it's just showing me all sorts of jobs it's gone crazy now show me all the jobs so my friends this is what the pmp exam certification affords you to be able to apply for many many jobs that you wouldn't have been able to apply for typically all right so that's what happens you know someone says once i pass what happens great stuff if you're able to play your cards right you see a lot of folks they don't play their cards right they go for an interview and they're not engaging they're not convincing they haven't done their homework they haven't really thought about the application of project management to the job they are seeking but if you do your homework and if it's a great match my goodness huge opportunities await you huge opportunities next question how do i schedule an exam appointment well once you're eligible pmi sends you an email and gives you instructions about how to register how to sign up for the exam your exam appointment could either be at home or in a test center it really depends cuz guess what you can actually take this certification at home that's true and don't for a minute even think that because you can take it at home it's a cakewalk no it's a pretty intense test all right someone says where will we take the exam well it really depends on you right depends on where you live where you are the test centers around you and so on for those who have had questions on this if you're watching on youtube just follow me to the person website person is where these exams for the most part are scheduled all right so 
going to share that with you again. If you go on down here and let's say you want to put in an address. So you want to put in a postcode or zip code. Let's put in the zip code 90627. 90627, wherever that is, hit search. The address you entered was not found. Let's try something else. 90621. Let's see if that comes up. All right, 90621. Did it yield any? Oh, it did. There we go. So Anaheim, one of my favorite places as well. And you can see we've got different test centers shown. So just find the test center that's near your zip code, near you. Let's click on that. And here's the information. That's the information about the test center. And as soon as PMI gives you the information, find the test center, find availability in that test center, and you will be on your way to scheduling your exam. Okay. All right, let's go on to our next question. Next question is, are the exams available in languages other than English? Yes, the PMP, CAPM, ACP exams are translated into multiple languages. PMI advise you to consult the respective certification handbooks for details. And other certification exams from PMI are not translated, but PMI will, of course, tell us when they are. One of the questions I get from students a lot is, well, what happens if I fail? If I fail the exam, can I take it again? And I often tell them, take a chill pill and don't be negative. Why are you thinking about failure? And a lot of them actually tell me, oh, just asking for a friend, not for me. I hope not. Okay, so if someone fails the exam, they can take it again, but they have to pay not exactly the same amount of fees. They pay less. Check it out in a handbook. Think if you fail it the first time, actually, let's go to the PMP exam handbook. I'm going to show it to you so that you're not in doubt. But of course, this is not for you. This is, remember, for a friend. All right. So the very first time you take the exam, it's $555. Okay. Take a look at the screen here so you're not in doubt. $555. Bucks. So $555. And then if someone fails it and they are a member, they pay $275. If they are non-member, they pay $375. You see why it makes sense to be a member? To be a member will cost you $139. Bucks. If you are a member to take the exam, will be $405. If you're not a member, then it's $555. So do the math. I think there's an $11 savings by being a member. And then if someone fails, there's a huge savings, $100 difference between a member retaking the exam and a non-member. It's kind of like insurance in some way, if you wanted to call it that. And then also for certification renewal, because every three years you got to renew. If you're a member, it's 60 bucks. If you're not a member, it's 150. All right. So if someone fails the exam, they retake the exam. They've got three tries within one year to take that exam. Three tries. It's kind of like the three strikes and you're out. All right, let's move on to our next question. 
what happens if my eligibility expires and I've not taken the exam? PMI tells you, you got one year. If you allow your eligibility to lapse, you must reapply. Those are the rules. All right, moving on to our next one. What requirements do I need to fulfill to maintain an active certification status? Wow, this is a pretty long question because if I was going to go through all of the details, we'll probably be here for another 30 minutes. But I'm going to give you the very high level, the skinny of it. All right, those of you who are watching on YouTube, you've actually got an advantage because you will be able to see the intricate details. So you do know PMI has so many certifications, but let's talk about just the PMP for now. Okay. So speaking specifically about the PMP, you can see that PMI wants you to get 60 PDUs within three years, right? You must get a minimum of 35 education PDUs. In other words, the professional development units you get, 35 of them at a minimum must be from education. Another 25 can be from giving back, speaking, teaching, mentoring, coaching, writing, and stuff like that. But if we're going to break this down further, those PDUs, the 35, in the world of PMP, you must have eight, at least from the technical domains, eight from the leadership domain, and eight from strategic. And then the other 11 can be from anywhere else. So they want you to get eight hours of training, technical, right? Like cost management, schedule management, risk management, things like that. And then eight in leadership, pure leadership. And then another eight in strategy, strategic PDUs. And then the remaining 11, which will make the 35, can be from anywhere else. And then the other 25, if you wanted to get another 25 PDUs outside of education, you can. If you wanted to get them in education, you can. In other words, if you wanted to get all 60 PDUs from education, you can. But just make sure that you've got the 888 clause, 8 from technical, 8 from leadership, and 8 from strategic, okay? And if you go through the content that's in this CCR handbook, you see that giving back to the profession, you can get a PDU for that. You can get a PDU for many other things, volunteering and so on. But that is capped at 25 maximum. All right. And that's the summary of that. Remember, I did say in the very beginning, we were going to answer every question about PMP. We're going to talk about all things PMP. Next question. Someone says, why has the PMI Talent Triangle been incorporated into the CCR program? Well, the PMI discovered through their market research that these skills are relevant to the project manager. We're just trying to encourage you to get them. Keep them up to date. That's really what it is. Next question, how are the three areas of focus for the talent triangle defined? Well, you saw me open up the CCR handbook and pretty much define them at a high level. Technical project management, that's the knowledge, skills, and behaviors related to the specific areas of project, program, and portfolio management, cost, schedule, risk, procurements, things like that. Leadership is the knowledge, skills, and behaviors to guide, motivate, and direct a team. I mean, when you see leadership, you spot it a mile away, right? Everything rises and falls on leadership, as John Maxwell says. 
and leadership. You just see it, you know it, right? So things like servant leadership, leading the team, building the team, uh, motivation, uh, laws of motivation, inspiration, things like that would fall under leadership. All right, next we have strategic and business management, which is the knowledge of and expertise in the industry and organization that enhances performance. So you're talking about mission, vision, goals, strategy, things like that. Uh, also thinking about um, compliance, regulations, standards for the organization, things like that. All right, someone says, what examples of some topics that align to each skill area? Pretty much I've covered those for you. But uh, to go a step further, let's open up the talent triangle. I almost said iron triangle. <laughs> Those of you project management nerds, you would find that funny, wouldn't you? All right, so let's take a look at the talent triangle. When you take a look at the talent triangle image that the PMI has presented here, you can see some details regarding each one. So strategic and business management, we've got benefits management, business models, competitive analysis, customer relationship, industry knowledge and standards, legal and regulatory compliance, market awareness, operational functions, strategic planning, analysis, alignment, things like that. You talk about leadership, you got brainstorming, coaching, mentoring, conflict management, emotional intelligence, influencing, interpersonal skills, listening, negotiation, problem solving, team building. Talk about the technical aspects, agile practices, data gathering, earned value, life cycle management, governance, project program portfolio, performance management, requirements management, traceability, risk management, schedule management, scope management, time, budget, and cost, and stuff like that. Got a lot of stuff under these umbrellas. I hope that gives you an idea of what you need as far as these specific prongs. All right, let's move on. Someone says, are the skill areas of the PMI talent triangle aligned with activities that give back to the profession? The answer is no, they're not. You can still earn PDUs for activities that give back to the profession. They just look at it as one big glob and that's it. You're giving back to the profession, creating new manage project management content, volunteering, working as a professional, all of that is giving back, all right? So I advise you go read up the CCR handbook. Someone says, how can I maintain several credentials at once? Well, the CCR process enables PDUs to be shared across the board. PMI have a webinar that you can check out and without going into all the details, just go on down to PMI's uh, website and look under their frequently asked questions for PDUs and you'll see the information that you need regarding multiple certifications. The bottom line is you just need to claim them if they are relevant to that certification. Like I have six certifications, uh, five I need to maintain on a regular basis, you know, with PMI specifically. So PMP, CAPM, ACP, PMI RMP, PMI SP, I've got to maintain them all. And I cross-claim the PDUs. It's that simple. All right. To start with, someone says, what are PDUs? Professional development units. Can I still earn PDUs the same way I used to? It really depends on how you used to. It's pretty much similar to attending courses, um, being a professional, uh, 
you get PDUs just for being a professional managing projects, working on, on projects and stuff like that. Can I claim PDUs for a single education activity in more than one skill area of the talent triangle? Yes, you can claim PDUs broken out into sections. So assuming you took a course and the course covers uh, business, strategic, uh, business, strategic, uh, technical, and leadership. Yes, you can. You can claim PDUs for all of those. Okay. For example, if you read a book that contains content on techniques for time management and on negotiating with stakeholders, you could claim this education activity in the skill areas of technical project management and leadership. See, negotiating with stakeholders, leadership, time management, technical, get it? All right, someone says, can I transfer PDUs to my next cycle? Yes, PDUs earned above the required total, 60 for PMP in the last year of your three-year certification can be applied. So you can apply those PDUs some of the PDUs earned during the last year. Those earned during the first two years cannot be applied to a future cycle. Now, if you go to the CCR handbook, just like I did, there is a cap of those PDUs. And the number, the special number is, I believe, 20. You cannot transfer more than a number of 20 and it has to be within the last year if i'm not mistaken right you cannot transfer more than that number of pdus okay the area of pdus has been pretty important to project managers who get certified but it doesn't have to be that strenuous to get pdus i believe you can get pdus by being a member of PMI and logging on to watch those webinars that I mentioned in the very beginning, that's still in place. And if you're a member, it's free. It's pretty cool to be able to do that. All right, let's move on to our next question. Someone says, when can I start earning PDUs at the earliest? Well, you could get certified now and one hour later earn a PDU. As soon as you get certified, that's it. But you cannot use certificates from before you were certified to earn PDUs. That would be dishonest. Don't do it. And if you're audited, you could get in trouble if PMI gets down to the bottom of it. Don't do it. Don't do it. All right. Someone says, when reporting PDU activities... Is any supporting documentation required? You don't need it to submit, but PMI could audit your PDUs, as they did my PDUs once upon a time. So if you don't have the backup documentation, if you're not able to prove in the event of a random audit that you did what you did and why you did what you did, the rationale, then don't do it. Don't claim those PDUs. All right. Someone says, where do I find detailed instructions for this? Find them on PMI website. Just search for CCR, Continuing Certification Requirements. All right. Okay. 
All right, let's move on here to our next question, which is about certification suspension. Believe it or not, this has happened to me. <laughs> I almost got my certification null and void for lack of attention to update it. All right, so be careful with that. Time goes very quick. Three years can go by very quick. So certification holders who are military personnel called to active duty or incapacitated due to illnesses or out of maternity leave can request an extension. If you have retired from project management, you could apply for retired status. And someone says, can I complete PDUs during my suspension period and apply them to my recent CCR cycle? Yes, indeed. If you complete required PDUs during the suspension period to meet your CCR, you will be able to renew your certification. However, if you can document the necessary PDUs from the original CCR cycle, you can use PDRs earned during your suspension period as activities towards the cycle in which these PDUs were actually earned. So if you, for example, what happened to me, I earned PDUs and I didn't claim them when I should have. And then I found myself in suspension. I'm like, oh my goodness, I've got all these PDUs. I just didn't claim them. Why didn't I do that? You can actually use those PDUs, claim them, and get back into good standing. All right. All right. Last but not least, we're going to talk about audits. And the topic of audits is big. Why does PMI conduct application audits? Quality. Quality. That's the main thing. Quality. And it's not everyone's application. It's just a selection of the applications. All right, something else, how long does the audit process take? It really depends, but uh, the certification team, it takes a look, they take a look at the audits, uh, the audit material, five to seven business days. I had a student who got done with all her audit materials, sent it back in a day, and in less than a week, they were done. What is the best way to send audit materials? You can send your completed four audit forms, depending on where you live, by regular post to the PMI. Uh, they won't accept faxes. You've got to send all the materials at once in an envelope. Are audit materials confidential? Yes, they are. Do people ever fail audits? Of course, people will fail the audits because there are always going to be people that don't meet the required quality. And that's why I tell people that if you are going to put your name on, put someone's name on an application, contact that person, you know, because someone says, well, PMI always contact a verifying manager. Not always, but if they did and the hiring manager has no idea of who you are or cannot remember you worked on the project, even if you did, that's bad. And that's why I say reach out and tell people before you put their name on as a reference. Someone says, what happens in the case of a failed audit? Well, if you fail an audit, you are out. You are out. And you could fail an audit, but you could pass an audit later if you do comply and provide what has been looked for. But if you don't, you failed. You're out, you're out. Someone says, what steps need to be taken when an audit candidate decides not to proceed with the audit? Well, if a candidate chooses not to complete an audit, it's considered a failed audit due to non-conformance. A candidate may reapply after one year. At that time, a new certification application and payment must be submitted and the application will be subject to a re-audit. Now, case in point, I had a student out in Minnesota, poor student, was audited and uh, failed the audit. 
failed the audit because when PMI reviewed what was sent back by the hiring manager, they deemed it not acceptable. So failed the audit. But about three years later, this same student said, Phil, I'm going to try again. Uh, I now work for a different company. I'm going to try to provide what's needed. And this student is now a PMP, just got certified last year. So don't give up. Keep on applying. Keep on trying. Because honestly, I know how annoying it is for many people, this PMP thing. Especially when you cannot break in. And trust me, I've been there. I didn't know how to break in. I asked my manager for support. My manager said no. I didn't know how to break in, how to apply, how to do the process. I didn't know. But when I found out, wow, wow. Thank goodness I decided to go for it. To put my money on the line and to go for it. Same for many of you. You need to put your money on the line and just do it. Because doors that are out there will not open if you are not a PMP. It just won't. I don't care how good you are. You could be the scientific genius of the world. No. Without the PMP, certain doors just won't open up. They won't. So wake up, smell the coffee, drink the Kool-Aid, get on the bandwagon, and just do it. Do it. I know you may not agree with many of the things from PMI, just like I don't agree with everything they do, right? But at the end of the day, it's a certification that has proven, proven its weight in gold and in more ways than one. All right. Thank you very much. If you found this show to be interesting, don't forget to subscribe. It's a PMP exam radio show. I'm going to put a link to the show below. For those of you that are actually listening to the show, well, thank you for your audience. You got any questions or anything you want us to talk about? Well, shoot an email to support at praiseo.com. You take care. See you next week. Peace out. Thank you.